0: couple of questions for you. First one, have you ever been in a situation that you weren't sure what the outcome would be? I'll let that simmer for you a second there. Have you ever found yourself in that place where things are going well and then all of a sudden the wheels just start to fall off? Maybe, maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a a pay cut or a job loss. Maybe it's a breakup that you just didn't see coming. Maybe a friendship that just abruptly ended and you find yourself in that place where your head is spinning. You're, during this time of uncertainty, uh, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen next. And so you, you did not cause it, but you have to endure it. So are you praying during these times? Are you talking to God during these times? Is he listening during these times? Do you feel alone during these times? Are you alone? Does he even care during times like this? Is he answering your prayers? You see, concerning what I've become to call our new normal that's been put upon us. Uh, because of COVID-19. But, well, let me stop there actually. This is not a message about COVID-19. Um, back in September, I started planning out this series. And, and the focal point today is on Jesus' prayer in the garden. The song that Lindsay just shared is called Gethsemane. And, and one of the, the key things in that song Where she repeats that Jesus drank that cup. And and so the whole focal point of this is about Jesus. And about the aloneness and the loneliness. And this thing that was put upon him because of us. Something that, that was not what he wanted necessarily. But he did it. And so I want to focus on Jesus' prayer in the garden. But it just so happens that our current cultural reality parallels well with where we're headed today. And so as you think about those things. As we look at. the the human side of Jesus today on the night that he was arrested and how he was alone even when he was surrounded by his friends. I want you to think about that. Today we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 through 46. Before we do that I want to pray. Father God I thank you for today. I thank you for this time where we can worship, where we can come together uh, in a unique way to lift up you, to lift up your son. It's because of him that we're able to do this no matter what our cultural and worldly circumstances are. And so I pray that that we honor you today. I pray that uh, your words will be encouraging to us. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. So Matthew 26, uh, starting with verse 36, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now, some things I want to share with you. Both Matthew and Mark write in a style that showed Jesus as praying in three separate times. Where he, he took a break and he spoke to the, to the other guys in between. And, and each time, he returns and finds Peter, uh, James, and John sleeping. But Luke, on the other hand, gives a single summary description of Jesus' prayers. And he includes a detail that I think helps us answer the questions that I opened up with this morning. We find the answers to those questions about, is God listening? Does he care? Is he answering? Are we alone? We find the answer to that question in the visitation of the angel. Look at what Luke writes concerning this moment in Jesus' prayer in Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 45. He says, And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he had said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And he began, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So, we have a little bit of a, of a difference of the account between Luke and Matthew and Mark. But here's the thing. I want to look at this a little bit closer. Because before the angel came to strengthen him. Jesus prays that the cup be removed. And then the angel came strengthening him. Strengthening him for what? Well presumably to do what was coming. To do what he had to do. To endure a mock trial and a beating. And and being paraded through town. And ultimately crucified. And, and so... But here's the thing. This angel was God's response to Jesus' first prayer. His first prayer was, Lord, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. I see this as a reminder for us that, first off, God never leaves us alone. The angel shows that God also answers prayer, even when we don't understand what the answer is. And sometimes we may not like the answer. God's answer here was, there is no other way but for you to endure what's coming that was the answer to his son but he says this in that same answer I will help you Luke tells us the angel strengthens Jesus I want you to know something whatever it is you're going through you're not alone and when you allow him to God will strengthen you through some of the most difficult times this angel is strengthening Jesus encouraging him not to turn away from his mission In spite of what's coming your way, God is telling Jesus, I will help you. Here is my angel to strengthen you. Then the question is, what was the content of Jesus' prayers that followed this angel and the strengthening? Luke says in verse 22, 44, he says this, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Now, does does this mean that he kept on praying, remove this cup from me even more earnestly? I think that's a dangerous assumption. You, You see, we're looking at Jesus' humanity here. But what Jesus was praying as he continues is what he prays the second time. And according to, to Matthew and, and um, Mark, when Jesus went away a second time to pray, he didn't say the identical words as the first time. The first time he said, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. The second time he said, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus didn't go on praying for the cup to pass. He got his answer when the angel stood before him and began to strengthen him. He went on praying for his success in drinking all of it. He was asking for success in what was coming his way. The angel had come to Jesus the first time that he prayed and strengthened him. He made it plain to Jesus that, that it was, in fact, not possible for this cup of crucifixion to pass from him. But he also was there showing that God would help him drink it, which is why in his second prayer, Jesus doesn't ask again for the cup to be removed. He says instead he asks for God's will to be done in view of the fact that the answer to the prayer is that this cup... Cannot and will not pass from you. If it can't. If this cannot pass unless I drink it. Which is what's been made plain by the angel coming. He says that your will be done father. And when Mark writes about the second prayer of Jesus. He writes this. And again he went away and prayed. Saying the same words. Uh oh. Do we find a contradiction here? Because Mark just said he prayed the same words. No there's no contradiction in God's word. Mark does not contradict the others. Mark is not saying that the exact same words are being spoken every time. The same words that he's referring to here is the statement that Jesus continues to repeat. Your will be done. Part of that prayer, that's the part of the prayer that Jesus repeats each time. And so we're on the right track. If we're on the right track here, we see that the rest of what Jesus prays after the angel came was not the same as before. He didn't go on praying, Lord, let this cup pass. Lord, take this away from me. But it says, being in agony... He prayed more earnestly. And he's not praying earnestly in agony for the cup to be removed. He's praying for the strength he would need to accomplish his greatest act of obedience. Look at what Hebrews chapter 5 verses 7 through 9 says about this. Paul writes, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard Because of his reverence. Although he was a son. He learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation. To all who obey him. You see Jesus. Offered up prayers and supplications. In this garden. In this moment. With loud cries and tears. To him. God the father. Who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Now listen, if, if save him from death doesn't mean remove this cup from me. I don't know what it means. But that's what he was asking. He was definitely heard. He received an answer from God in the form of an angel. And, and I found a, a, a quote when I was studying about this from Jonathan Edwards. And here's what he says about Jesus and his garden time of prayer concerning the coming events in his life. He says, this was the greatest act of obedience that Christ was to perform. He prays for strength and for help. And his poor, feeble human nature, or that his poor, feeble human nature might be supported. That he he might not fail in this great trial. That he might not sink and be swallowed up. And his strength so overcome that he would not be able to hold out. And finish the appointed obedience, the appointed task of obedience. Edward continues to say, he was afraid lest his strength be overcome that he should fail in so great a trial that he would be swallowed up by death that he was to die and should not be saved from death. So he offered up a strong crying. He offered up tears unto God who was able to strengthen him and support him and save him from death. That the death he was to suffer might not overcome his love and his obedience, but that he might overcome death and be saved from it and save us from it. You know, Jesus didn't go on praying for this cup to pass. Instead, when that answer was brought to him, he went on praying for success in drinking it, and drinking it fully. So when Paul talks of the resurrection of Jesus in Philippians 2, verses 9 and 10, he says this, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. You see, the therefore refers to Jesus' unwavering obedience to death. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross, that's Philippians 2.8. God saved Jesus from death because he was obedient. His prayers were answered. Know this, God our Father answers our prayers. If Jesus had not been obedient unto death, he would have been swallowed up by death forever. And there would be no resurrection. There would be no salvation for us. There would be no future world filled with the glory of God's grace, with God's children. This is what Jesus prayed for. To him who was able to save him from death. That is to save him from a death that would not succeed in its saving mission. I think every hope of the gospel succeeds because of Jesus' prayer. And his actions with it. He was heard because of his reverence for God. God did save him from the threat that this death posed to his obedience. And because of that, he indeed succeeded. And because he succeeded, he rose from the grave. There is salvation for all who confess him as Lord and Savior and are baptized for the forgiveness of their sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's good news. There will be a world full of glory and a world full of grace for God's children. And all of this is owed, in my opinion, to one of the greatest prayers ever prayed. Every hope of the gospel succeeds because of Jesus' prayer that night in the garden. And the answer of the Father. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And he was heard because of his reverence. Evidently, by the time Jesus was done praying in Gethsemane, the Father had not only made clear that there was no other way than the cross But he also made it very clear that Jesus would succeed. That the lamb, while marching to the cross, knew he would have the reward of his suffering. The reward of his suffering? Yeah, Isaiah talks about that in Isaiah 53 verses 10 and 11. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. And this is why Paul could write something like Hebrews 12 verse 2. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You see, beneath the terrors of Jesus' current agony there in the garden was the taste of future joy, and the angel had come strengthening him, clarifying the objective, if you will, confirming his role that he needed to play, and ultimately connecting the coming joy. In this moment, it seemed that Jesus was all alone in the garden, surrounded by his friends, his sleeping friends. And so alone he suffered and he agonized over what was to come. But God sends an angel to remind him and us that we are not alone. And he strengthens Christ and reassures him that ultimately he will not only endure what was coming, but that both Jesus and God would be glorified. I take great comfort in Jesus' alone time in the garden. It's from this time, it's from this time of prayer that I get this idea I often say, God plus one is always the majority. And there's an example of it. Every Sunday I say, it's time for us to go to win and commit to grow. Brothers and sisters, if you are committed to growing in Christ during this season of uncertainty, I can promise you this, you are not alone. Our God is with you. He is with us. And now listen, be smart about what you're doing. Listen to good advice, but pray for strength to endure this season and be a reflection of Jesus throughout the coming weeks and months. Even living alone. Even maybe you're surrounded by your crazy family and you feel alone. Take the example of Jesus. Take the example of his time of prayer in the garden on the night that he was arrested. God gave him strength to endure what was coming. God will give us strength to endure what is coming. And so as we come to our response time this morning, I want you to think about the ways that you can praise it out. While you stay in. Call each other. Use technology. Play FaceTime. Play virtual board games. If you have an abundance of something. Share it with your neighbors safely. I believe we're not meant to be alone. And so as we sing our response song this morning. Think about how you can reflect Jesus during this time. Respond by commenting or or leaving a note on our Facebook page. So let us know what you're going to do for Jesus. So that people will know they're not alone during this time. Will you sing this song with us and respond to God's word accordingly? great to be here with you all this morning to uh, see you on the interwebs and on the uh, on our live stream. It's been fun to do. Uh, Now it's time for us to go to win and commit to grow while we stay in. As you think creatively in the ways that you can do that, let's use the powers of social media for things like good works and good words to encourage one another during this season. Use these things to connect with one another so that no one feels alone during this time of isolation. Will you sing this last song with us?